Yo, yo, yo. Episode number 66 of the It's Just a Game podcast. I'm your host, Chris Peel. Today, I'm going to have a co-host for the first time since January. I mean, I've been trying to get somebody on here to talk with me, and I finally found somebody to talk with me. So I got my guy, Howie, from the um, from the Dirty Mouth podcast. He's going to talk with me. He's from um, he's from Jersey. He's a Carolina Panthers fan. I was on his podcast last week. Now we're going to do it on this platform. So, man, we talk about um, Tom Brady because Tom Brady might be the greatest quarterback of all time, but we don't know if there was ever a time where he was the best quarterback in the league. So we're going to discuss that. That's a nice talking point. We're going to talk about if Anthony Davis is actually LeBron James' best teammate. And it's not what you think. Um, we're going to talk about who I want to be the Sixers coach because after Doc Rivers got fired, some more things come out about that. We're going to just, you know, just chop it up about a lot of different things. Just two sports fans talking for about an hour and a half. And this is a long episode, so please stay with us. This is the longest episode that I have ever done personally. So we'll see how it goes. So me and um, my guy, how are we on the other side? Calm down, Kaiba. It's just a game. Uh, the phrase, it's just a game, is such a weak mindset. You are okay with what happened. Losing. Imperfection of a craft. When you stop getting angry after losing, you've lost twice. From the, uh, yeah. Dirty Mouth Podcast. Um, yeah. Hey, how, we, how you doing, man? What's up, man? What's going on? Let's get it. Yeah, um, so we're doing another Monday night episode. This time it's on my platform. So we were looking forward to this game for like a whole week. I know last week when I heard about this game, I'm like, wow, the Chiefs and the Ravens play next week. So I know I was excited about it. So how'd you, did you think the game lived up to the hype or how was it? Absolutely not. <laughs> it, did, <laughs> it did not live up to the hype at all. I thought it was a pretty solid. I mean, the first half. So the, the very first drive by the Ravens was pretty solid. They were running the ball well, but then it kind of stalled, and the Chiefs pretty much took over from there. And the second half, they kind of got a couple breaks because uh, KC missed the field goal at the end of the first half, and then they fumbled at the at the beginning of the second half. And they kind of came back in the second half, but ultimately the the Chiefs just their offense is just too good. The Ravens couldn't make any stops. So. I'm thinking the whole game, like, all right, defense got to make a play. Defense got to make a play. Defense got to make a play. Then in the second half, when Kansas fumbled and Baltimore got the ball back, I'm like, all right, they're going to capitalize off of this, and then they're going to make a they're going to make a comeback. Like, it's good. Like, yeah. Lamar's playing his game. I'm like, he about to get into it. They about to come back. Nothing. Right. Nothing. Yeah, they – they so it was a tell of two quarterbacks to me because – they blitzed Lamar Jackson a lot. And honestly, they didn't really blitz him. They just kind of kept him contained. So where he was trying to run to the outside of the pocket, and he was had to throw it up and try to make anything happen. But you saw when they blitzed Patrick Mahomes, he didn't panic. Like, he would backpedal, and his arm talent is just out this world, man. I I don't think I've Like, maybe Aaron Rodgers, maybe Brett Favre. I've never seen a guy that can just throw the ball like this. This guy is amazing, man. Patrick Mahomes is just insane to me, man. He was doing whatever he wanted on the field. He was having fun with it. 
There was a point when he did that fake crossbody pump fake. Yeah, he jumped yeah. up in the air and then threw it the opposite direction. Like, yeah. he's playing with him. I don't even think right. he's trying, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't think so either. He's it's it's it's, it's scary up, and he's only in his third year for starting. So this is like, I don't know. Like, if there was anybody, I mean, I said this when he signed this deal. If there was anybody that signed the four hundred fifty million dollar contract, I would usually say that's way too much money. But for him. I don't care. You got to break the bank for him. I don't pay him whatever that man wants. After he won the Super Bowl and they interviewed him, he said he just learned how to start reading defenses. I'm like, are you serious right now? Yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty scary. Like, it's like, <laughs> come oh on, God. man. Right, right. Yeah, but um, I was expecting – see, I wasn't expecting the shootout because I'm not – I like defense. I'm a big fan of – old 90s like early 2000s 13 and 10 type games like i'm talking rainy day like mud in the field i like those kind of those ugly type of games so i'm i don't need like a lot of scoring i mean are you one of those guys do you need a lot of scoring or do you are you okay with like a, a low scoring game uh if it's my team a yeah, win is a win i just want y'all to get that dub i don't care how it happens it just needs to happen but right. if i'm watching somebody else I don't know. Sometimes I like the barn burners. I like the high scoring games. That's exciting. That's what everybody wants to see. But like you said, I don't need it. Like I just watch it for the love of the game. If right. they're out there, they're in the trenches, they're getting dirty and it's a three zero score. I know, yo, these teams played their heart out and both of their defenses came to play. Yes. I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of defense. I mean, I've said this my whole life. If I were to play football, I mean, I was never good enough to play, but if I were, I would have played like cornerback or safety. Like I just always was geared more towards defense. I always, even when I played like like backyard football, I always saved my energy on offense so I could have enough of defense because I just really like playing defense, especially when Deion Sanders was around me. And he played for the Cowboys. So I, I hated Deion Sanders. It was one game, I think it was a Sunday night game. He got a punt return touchdown against us, and I was just like, I hate this man. <laughs> Deion is next level, man. Deion is next level. You see, he uh. He's not coaching over there in Jackson. Yeah, yeah. He, he was brought, just on um. He was just on Gilly the Kid's podcast too. So. What he? Yeah. He, was, he he brought uh. What's his face over there too? Um, Jamie Dukes. Nah. Oh man. Why? Of course, it's gonna skip my mind right now while we're talking. Oh, Terrell Owens. He brought him over there to coach too. Did he really? Yes. I don't. I don't know how I feel about Terrell Owens being a coach. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> He gonna try to get a starting spot. Yeah, right. Probably. Like, let me go in there. Like, give me a uniform. Like, I, I can, I can see something like that. But. <laughs> he probably beating him on the forty yard dash too. Yeah, probably. I remember when he was like, when he wasn't in the league and he was doing all these workouts and said, "Oh, I'm gonna work out here." And like, no team. Like, it was like one team that showed up, and it was, it was so. But he was in good shape. Like, you know, like physically, he was, he looked good. But it's the difference between being in shape and being in football shape. I mean, just because you can lift weights don't mean you can still play on the field. So. Exactly. It was kind of embarrassing yeah. towards the tail end when he kept trying to make a comeback and he was over there in Buffalo and he was getting cut. Oh, and he wanted Cincinnati. to play with Chad John. Yeah, that, yeah, that was a little embarrassing. Man. <laughs> he should have just hung it up. Yeah. And it's funny because I talked about that in my last podcast. I said one of my biggest pet peeves about free agents is when they sign with these these garbage teams that's going nowhere and I'm just like what's the point they're just hanging on for their life and it's, at a certain point it's either I'm going to play for a winner or I'm just I'm done I don't want to like I just don't see the point of you playing for the Buffalo Bills you know they're not going anywhere 
Buffalo's looking nice right now, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah, right now they are. And it's funny. One of my bosses are actually from Buffalo. And I was, like, telling him to score while I was at work. I'm like, yo, they came back. They came back. And But it was 28-3 to 3 at first. And I'm so, then I'm like, wow, Buffalo really looking good. Because, you know, they, they won their first two games, but they beat the Dolphins and the Jets. So, it's like, I mean, really, who, who have they really beaten? So, I'm like, this is, like, <laughs> this, this is their test. And they were up. And then the, the Rams came back at the end of the – like the end of the third quarter, and they just like went off. Then at the end of the game, they pulled it out. I like Josh Allen. Josh Allen is like, like honestly, him and Gardner Minshew are like my two favorite quarterbacks to watch right now. I really love watching those two young guys. No, I know in your podcast because I listened to it. Yeah. You said you didn't like the term underrated, so I won't use that. Yeah, I'll say I'll say Josh Allen's overlooked. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I hate the the word underrated is so overused though. Like I, I see it so much. I see people calling oh Damian Lillard, how is he so underrated? Like how is Damian Lillard underrated? I see everybody talking how good he is. That's not underrated. Like if real fans know, then they're not underrated. It's like even in hip hop. I saw somebody call JD Kiss underrated. I'm like, JD Kiss is not underrated. Like people know how good JD Kiss is. So you, you, can't you almost under- just made me spit my drink out when you just said that. By JD Kiss? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I hate that. Like, I really, I just hate when we call people, when people know, it's like, what's your T said? If you know, you know. Now, if Jada Kiss is not underrated, there's a lot of players that are just not, they're just, they're right where they should be. Like the Bradley Bill thing, the Zach Levine thing, the, like there's a lot of other players that they, oh, he's so underrated. But I'm like, until you do something in the playoffs, it really doesn't matter. Like Jamal Murray was probably underrated before the season, but once you show out in the playoffs, that's when you get your shine. You have to do something in the postseason. Like regular season doesn't matter at all. Like I don't, I don't care what you do in the regular season. <laughs> you said, you said I don't see him throwing parades for a first team on defense. I was crying, yeah, bro. Yeah, because it's it's true, man. I just don't like, <laughs> like it's you gotta win, man. Like you, you really like all that. Like Bradley Bill complaining that he ain't make the third team. I'm just like, like you didn't win anything. Like how am I? Why do I care what you got to say? Like it's, it's like win something and then you can complain. Fun fact, Bradley Beal tattoos in the offseason. I don't understand. Does he really? Mm-hmm. I was on his Instagram, and they're like, many people might not know this, but in the offseason when I don't have anything else to do, I'm tattooing. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's always the offseason for the Wizards because they never make playoffs. <laughs> the funny thing is, I actually like Bradley Beal. Actually, like, John Wall is actually one of my favorite players, and I'm mad that he's been out for, like, it's feel like he's been out for five years at this point, but I I really like John Wall. He's, like, so fast, man. He, I was a big fan of him in Kentucky, so I'm not even really trying to – I'm not trying to trash on the Wizards. I'm just saying, like, but you got to you gotta prove to me that you belong there if you want to be complaining about individual accolades. That's all I'm I saying. mean, I wish John Wall went to a different team because you're not going to do anything over there. Yeah, probably not. I thought there was rumors that he was going to be traded and play like super teams, and then it never fell through. So yeah, yeah. LeBron started the super team. I'll never forgive David Stern for vetoing that trade with Chris Paul to the Lakers. I know, right, right. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was that was really solid. Yeah. But it was good for the Clippers. They at least had some shine because at that point, you know, the Clippers they hadn't been good in like forever. So speaking of the Clippers. Doc Rivers? Yeah. It's funny because I remember when I was on your podcast, I said I kind of wanted Jason Kidd, but then I listened back to it and I started rambling on about like um 
like point guards and stuff. That I never actually, I never actually finished my point about what coach I wanted with the Sixers. Yeah. So, but scrap all that Jason Kidd stuff. Now I, I want Doc Rivers. Now, like I don't care about no other coach. Like, nah, watch Houston pick him up. I hope not, man. Like, I, I just he's a ve- he's a veteran coach. Like he's a veteran that we need. Like he's the guy that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid like they need to be like put into shape. They need to be whipped into shape. They need a guy that's going to hold them accountable. I don't think Brett Brown held those guys accountable enough. And you you need a guy that's going to that's going to yell at you. That's going to scream at you. That's going to do that. And a lot of guys can't take it. Like Ben Simmons might be acting really light skinned. He might not be able to take it. <laughs> but he said he said he got the base rage. Yeah, but. Joel and B might be able to take it. I mean, it just it depends. I don't. I think that's probably why Jimmy Butler left because Jimmy Butler holds those guys accountable, and everybody can't deal with it. And that's why people say, "Oh, he's a bad teammate and he's a cancer to the team." But I'm like, I don't know. His team is in the finals now, so what you got to say now? People don't like that theory. They don't like people getting in their face and stuff. Everybody, it's the ego, man. If you put that to the side and you want to win a championship, then you do right. what you have to do. Yes. I want I want that in my locker room. I want leadership. Thanks. Like, just like even if you work in the corporate world, you work at McDonald's or whatever. Like sometimes the manager or whoever, they have to yell at you and you just have to take it. Like don't take it personal. It's just we try and get a job done here. That's all it is. So. Right. So um, I want Doc Rivers. That's all I'm going to say. But it's funny because being like a, a coach in like professional sports, it's like one of the only jobs to where you can get fired and then, like, right away, you have, like, a new job. You have a lead for a new job. Like, if you get fired, like, uh, a law office or something, like, you're not going to have a job, like, that same day. I mean, you had to go to the computer. You had to put up some resumes. You had to do some work. Like, it's right. going to come to you. I remember when Andy Reid got fired from the Eagles, he had a job with the Chiefs, like, like, a day later. Like, it was, like, crazy. Like, to let that man go, you're crazy, man. It, it was it was, it was, was time at that point, man. It really was. And he, His mindset, man, he, he's, like... He, he might be a goat, goat coach. He is a goat, like he is a goat as far as offensive lines go. I will say that. I mean, remember he was an offense, he was a quarterback coach with the uh, Packers back in the day. Yeah, so he worked with Brett Favre, and he was really good for a long time. I mean, he came with us. We were bad for like three years at that point. He came with us. He was five and eleven. But I'm like, okay, first year rookie head coach, rookie quarterback. You're not expecting to win. But then that second year, we made the playoffs. In the third year, we made the championship game. And but if you look at the numbers from 2000 to 04, we were like one of the best teams in the league consistently, winning the division, getting to the championship games. But from 05 to 2012, it was pretty much like make the playoffs, miss the playoffs, make the playoffs, miss the playoffs. We were very inconsistent at that point. And the only thing that really saved us was 2010 when Michael Vick came in, like, he came back and had that crazy MVP year. If it wasn't for that, I mean, Andy Reid was about to get fired a bunch of different times. And it just, it finally came to a head in 2012. And at a certain point, it's just, I mean, how many coaches do you really see last that long outside of, like, Bill Belichick, Greg Popovich? Uh, I'm trying to think. It's somebody else I can't think of right now. But it really doesn't happen that often. It, it was just time to go. And I know from the outside looking in, people always say, oh, you never should have got rid of Andy, but Looking from like from this viewpoint, it's like it was time for a change. Yeah, man. He, I'm glad he changed that visor too, because it was looking like the hot dog stand at Seven Eleven. He's the only coach I see wearing that visor. Everybody else just wearing a mask. Like it's crazy. He just don't feel like wearing a mask. That's what it is. Yeah. I feel like the I feel like the visor is like more distracting though. It's like more of a more of a hassle. Like these coaches got bread, cause I mean, no way in the world I'm paying. 
$100,000 fine for not putting my mask on in a game. Yeah, yeah Crazy. But they were wearing they were wearing it this week, though. Last week, they weren't. But this week, they were like, nah, I'm not. Because you got to think about it. I mean, you might have bread, but do that like 16 weeks in a row. And you're like, nah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I should probably put this mask on. <laughs> What's his face? Still ain't wearing it. Um, Peyton. He wasn't? That's what I saw him wearing the last night. Nah, he kept lifting it up and putting it over his mouth. <laughs> I can't stand him. I know you keep it clean on your show, so I'm not going to say a word. But he's a certain uh, feminine product. And I do not like that man at all. Are you still mad about the um, the bounty gate? Oh, no. Nah, <laughs> I, 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 don't, please don't get me started on that organization. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I cannot stay in New Orleans. I cannot stand them with a passion. I feel you, man. Actually, that's going to start one of my questions. I'm, I'm going to get to that now. Now that you say that. So, being a, a team, being a Panthers fan, you have, you know, the Falcons, you have the Bucks, and you have the Saints. So, give me, like, one player, or it could be multiple players, that has given your team fits over the years. And you know, like, they're not that good because there's always that one player on that one team that you just, like, why can't we stop this guy? I know he's not that good. Is there anybody that comes to your mind, like right at the top of your head? Currently or like past? Uh, currently, could be past for anybody. So. All right, let's see. We'll break it down. Uh, Cadillac Williams in Tampa Bay. Oh, Cadillac Williams. He was, that man was on, on fire. On yeah. fire. Nobody could stop that man. Yeah, facts. Uh, now, what's that guy's name? And he got, he, he played for a minute, but then he left. His nickname was Muscle Hamster, and he hated that nickname. <laughs> and then he, like, fell off the face of the earth. He was also a running back. They had a two-headed duo over there. Mm. Tampa Bay? Yeah. Oh, Doug Martin. That's who you're talking about. That, yeah, 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 him, him, yeah, him. We, we, we could not stop him, and then he fell off the face of the earth. He really did, too. That's crazy. Like, he, yo, he had, like, a, a two-, three-year stretch, and then he just disappeared. You know who else did that? Devontae Freeman. He actually just signed with the Giants, though. Yeah, I saw it. He's not going to do nothing over there either. Yeah, that's funny. I was listening to a pregame show like yesterday with the Eagles, and they were talking about like fancy, like getting fancy running backs. And somebody said Devontae Freeman because he, I'm like, he just signed. Like, what do you, you think he's going to just like come out the gate and have 100 yards a game? Like, <laughs> that's not, that's not going to happen. Not with that line. Right. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, and Daniel Jones, I saw his numbers. He's had like two turnovers and like more than half of his games. I didn't realize how much he really turned the ball over. When I was when he first came into the league, I think he had like a really good game, and they were calling him Danny Dimes. And I was watching Red Zone, and he like threw three interceptions in a game, and they were like, "Danny Dimes is looking like Danny Loose Change out here." I was <laughs> crying, man. Danny Loose Change, right? Like, that's funny. <laughs> oh my god, Cadillac Williams! I forgot about him. I remember him and Ronnie Brown had that two-headed duo at Auburn. Oh yeah, yeah, you going back? Yeah, that was a really good duo. They both. That's when running back. So we went through a stretch where like running backs were getting drafted like in the first round all the time, but then we went to like a five, six year stretch where like no running backs were getting drafted in the first round. But now it got back to the point where they're getting drafted in the first round again. So it's kind of the league just changes all the time. So yeah, because I remember Reggie Bush was going to be the number one pick in 2006, but the Texans was like, nah, forget that. They they drafted Mario Williams instead. Yeah, the fact that he has a Super Bowl ring bothers him. Yeah, I'm bad. <laughs> you know. It's funny. You know what's funny about that? So my mom at the time, 
hope she's not listening to this episode. I hope she's not like, <laughs> so at the time she was dating somebody who was like from New Orleans. I don't know. She went to New Orleans, met somebody. Like at the, I really wasn't even paying attention at the time. I had my own stuff going on. I was twenty years old. I was trying to get mine, but right. um, and she was dating somebody from New Orleans, and she was about to move to New Orleans. And she was like, she became like a Saints fan. It was at that time, and I remember sitting on the couch, like actually kind of cheering for the Saints because my mom was cheering for the Saints. But like, I mean, I was still an Eagles fan, obviously, but I was, I was kind of happy for the Saints, especially after like Katrina and all that stuff. And I, I was a Drew Brees fan. I like Sean Payton. I like Reggie Bush. Like Malcolm Jenkins was on that team. Like it was, it was pretty exciting. But I mean, I can see why you don't like it because you know, <laughs> it's like me. They, it's like me rooting for the Cowboys or the Giants or something. So right. I, I can get it from like your, your viewpoint. So. Division rivalry over here, like NFC South, it's not that bad. Like, if I know somebody's a Falcons fan, me and him get along. If I know somebody's a Buccaneers fan, me and them get along. It's just the oh, the Saints get under my skin, man. You know, even the fan. I remember one time, <clears throat> I think it was a playoff game. I think we were playing each other. I think it, it was, I think it was Carolina and New Orleans, and I had all my Carolina gear on. I was decked out. I had right, hat, right. gloves, scarf, jersey on, hoodie underneath <laughs> the jersey, socks. Pulled up so you could see. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> and, a, and a lady who had all Saints gear, and she walked up and she said, don't make me put the voodoo curse on you and start hissing at me. I'm like, yo, keep that energy over there. Yo, like, I, I don't want none of that. Right, right. <laughs> That's funny. The voodoo curse. Yeah, Saints fans are psycho. So. <laughs> yeah, I um, Yeah, it's funny. I remember one time I was going to work and I had, you know, I had my Eagle shirt on. I had, a, I think I had an Eagles hoodie. I think it was cold, so I had an Eagles hoodie on. I had the hat on. I had my glasses on. And another guy, like it was like my doppelganger, but like the opposite. He looked legit. Looked had the same exact gear on, but it was like Cowboys gear. He had the glasses. He had the hat. He had the hoodie. And we kind of just looked at each other for like a solid two seconds. And we just looked at each other, didn't say anything. <laughs> but it was, but it was just one of the moments where it was just like, you don't say nothing to me, I don't say nothing to you. We ain't got no problems. Like we're good. But like. It was just one of those standoff things. So it's, but Cowboys fans are the worst though. Like I, and I know everybody in the league hates Cowboys fans. So I know it's not just Eagles fans that hate them. Everybody I was, I was talking to my wife because she's an Eagles fan, and she and she was like, I feel like she was like, you when you could tell it's like a personality trait. Like if you're talking to somebody and they're like, yo, I'm a Cowboys fan, you could just look at her and be like, yeah, I can tell by how you look. Like yeah, right. Like, what? Just something about it, like. Cause like the worst thing about it is they be Cowboys fans, then they're Lakers fans, and then they're Red Sox fans sometimes. Then they're like they're um like then they're Heat fans. Like you look at a bio, they'll be like, oh Miami Heat, Los Angeles Lakers, Dallas Cowboys, New York Yankees. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like this don't make no sense. Like you just you just pick all like all the teams that are just the big markets. Like that that to me tells me when you, when I see Cowboys, if I see you're a Cowboys and a Lakers fan, like I, I don't respect it at all. I, I just can't. <laughs> and. The, the ones that are the worst are the Cowboys fans that live in Philadelphia and they've never been to Dallas because I feel like they're just rebels and I feel like what they do is they say okay I'm not going to be an Eagles fan I'm going to just pick the, the team that they hate the most so I'm going to pick Dallas just so I can get to arguments just so I can get to these altercations just so I can cause a problem every single time like it's just to me that's what, what it is that's the personality trait to me it has nothing to do with like the team you root for you can root for any team that you want but I feel like when you're from Philadelphia and you root for the Cowboys, that's the only reason you're doing it. You're just trying to just you're just trying so hard to be different. I I know somebody who literally told me that they're a Cowboys fan out of spite because they can't stand their parents being Eagles fans. Yes, yeah, see, there you go. But mind you, it's Philly everything else. 
Flyers, Sixers, Phillies, but they're Cowboys fans. Yeah, so that makes that makes no sense to me at all. Like I, I, I'll never, I'll never, never, ever understand that. So, I mean, I, I know you're not going to agree, but I think the Cowboys are decent this year. Yeah, whatever, man. I'm like trying to hear that. But I mean, I knew that game yesterday would be like a, a shootout because neither one of them teams played defense in Seattle. I mean, it's funny how. Once upon a time, they were like a, a defensive team and a running team. And now they're just like Russell Wilson all the time. It's all Russell Wilson now. It's like they, they are they are defense managers. Like how you have a QB manager, the yep. defense manager. They do just enough yep. to keep themselves in the game. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Yeah, I, I don't like it either because it's not really going to last. Like eventually you have to make a stop. I mean, you can't – like you can't expect Russell Wilson to throw – Five touchdowns every single week. And exactly like what you just said, I just said it in my podcast about the defense. That's crazy. I was literally just talking about that. See, we got the same mindset when it comes to that. Like, you guys aren't terrible, but you're not great. You're just an average defense. And how long, how fast, how far does that get you? Yeah, pretty much, man. It's not going to – I mean, there's a reason that Russell Wilson won the Super Bowl in 2013 with a great defense, and he hasn't won another Super Bowl since he's become, like, a elite quarterback. Because remember, he wasn't an elite quarterback when he won that Super Bowl. Like, he right. – ever since he's ever since he became a great quarterback, he hasn't won another Super Bowl. I mean, he's he was, in, he was in one in 2014, and when they put it in his hands, you saw what happened, and he went to – I'm trying to think. I know he – I know I know y'all destroyed him in 2015. I'm not sure. Yeah, that was like that happened like I think like the first play of the game, I got a touchdown. And then y'all <laughs> then y'all destroyed Carol, uh, Arizona the next week, and then so it seemed like it was going to be easy, but you know, then y'all ran to Denver, who had that great defense. But I'm not going to remind you of that. I'm not going to open that wound for you. Oh man! But Don't I do want to get me started. Right, right. <laughs> I do want to switch gears to Tom Brady though. So, do you think Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time? Uh, that is such a complex question to answer. Right. Uh, I uh, I feel like he is. He was in the greatest system of all time. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, he just he's very he has a very high football IQ, For and sure. I feel like he was with a great coach, <laughs> amazing coach. Yeah. So when Tom Brady won this. I would say his fifth ring, I was thinking, like, okay, we have to put him as the greatest of all time. But then when he won the sixth, I man, I just feel like that just put the cherry on top because if we do the same thing for Jordan, we have to do the same thing for Tom Brady, correct? Yep. But then I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about this recently. So Tom Brady is probably the greatest quarterback of all time. But I don't think there was ever a time outside of maybe 2007 where he was like the best quarterback in the league. No, that's true. Right, so like, and that's just weird to think about it because remember, early in his career with those three Super Bowls, he pretty much was like Russell Wilson. He relied on his defense, his running game, he and the kicker. Three. Exactly. Yes, he had a military. Exactly. And I feel like once, and then 2007 happened, and that's when he went crazy when they got Randy Moss and Wes Welker and Dante Stallworth and everybody, and they were just airing the ball out. Right. But after that, I feel like I feel like pretty much from 2010 on. Aaron Rodgers was the best quarterback in the league. And then I feel like from 2018 on, Patrick Mahomes has been the best quarterback in the league. So I don't really think there was ever a time 
outside of like I said, 2007, where Tom Brady was like, and even even during 2007, I don't even know. I think Peyton Manning was probably the best quarterback. I was, I was about to say you can't forget about Manning, right? Like so, like even from like oh to about 2010, even he had a, a great career with the Broncos also. So I don't think Tom Brady was ever the best quarterback in the league at any point in his career. But somehow he's the best quarterback of all time. Like, that's that's weird when you think about it. It's kind of an oxymoron, but it's kind of true. Yeah. But what, we're, we're alive during a great timeline in sports to be able to witness all of this happening. Because for a long time, we didn't see people win championships back to back to back to back. We know T dynasties. And I don't know if that's going to happen again. Yeah, probably not. Especially with uh, Mahomes and the Chiefs, because uh, once all those contracts and deals are up, you're gonna be there by yourself. So, facts. Yep. Yeah, that's why I always say you gotta win while you can, man. Win all these games while you can. Do not, do not think, oh, we'll get there next year, like, cause it, it might not be next year. Like, next year will never happen. Like, right. Um. But I agree with you, man. I, I just think this is a great time, and it's also a great time for highlights because now. You can just go on YouTube. You can you can got Red Zone. You got NFL Network. I mean, I grew up in the era where after after the four o'clock game went off, you had to run to the TV, turn the ESPN, watch NFL primetime with Chris Berman and Tom Jackson, and that's how you got to highlights for the week. Like there was no, you looked at the newspaper. Like there was no just looking at your phone real quick, seeing the quick highlights on Twitter. Like there was there was none of that. So this is a great time, and I feel like that's what makes it so. But you get these knee jerk reactions because everybody just. Everything is supposed to happen so fast. Everyone right. wants every quarter. Every, everybody wants every quarterback to be great right away. Like everyone wants right. every team to be great right away, and that's why the, I feel like that's what's wrong with the Cleveland Browns. They don't give their coaches a chance. They give their coaches like one year, one and a half, and they're done. Like you have to give these guys a couple years. Like you just do. They want instant results, right? Right. It's like it's a microwave error. It really is. Like, the I, the Browns, I don't understand. All these years they've had first round picks. And like to build around, like they get traded away, or just nothing to come of them. I, I just don't understand that organization at all. Uh-huh. I don't get it either. Because even like you know, in basketball, you think, okay, we got we've been bad for three years, but like the Sixers, a prime example. We were bad for a couple of years. You get those. You got to think somebody will stick. You got to get at least like one or two franchise players out of that deal. Right, but for the, some reason, for the Browns, it never happened. Even though I will say, Baker Mayfield against the Browns, I mean against the Bengals, he actually had a really good. He had a really good first half. The second half, and it wasn't as good. So. He was. He didn't want to get embarrassed of showing up by a rookie. Yeah, so probably. he went out there and he played as hard as he possibly could. So yeah. where is that every week? Because you don't be acting like that all the time. My God. Yeah. It. What pisses me off is when I see a commercial with Baker Mayfield, and I'm just like, don't you have to like accomplish something to get all these commercials like? Yep, I'm like, you too busy worried about that. And <laughs> you ain't winning games, my guy. Right. Like, like, when I see Peyton Manning on the commercial, I'm like, okay, he deserves it. When I see Tom Brady on commercials, like, he deserves it, sure. Like, but it's just, Baker Mayfield, what have you done to get, like, national commercials? Like, I don't understand that at all. <laughs> they never even went to a postseason game. Like, what's right. going on here? Yeah, it's weird. Like, he's like Johnny Manziel, like, 2.0. <laughs> he is good, though. I mean, I will say, John, I mean, I, I do think Baker Mayfield will be good. He just has to... I don't know. It's just something up with him. I think he's mental, but we'll see. He got too many weapons to not be good. Right. Really, way too many weapons. Like, you got a good running. line. Right. You got two good running backs, two good receivers, a decent tight end. Like, what, what's going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got one of the best centers in the league. You got one of the best left guards in the league. Like, you got 
really good one. There's no um, excuse, and the defense is decent too. Yeah, sure is. All right, so who are we in agreement that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, like hands down right now? Uh, yeah. <laughs> right now, it's a three-way tie with me between Rodgers, Wilson, and him, but I give it to Mahomes because he's the MVP right now. Okay, good, good. All right, so let's go to running backs. So I'm going I'm to name you a couple running backs, and I want you to tell me who the best out that bunch is. All right. But I'm gonna take out Christian and I'm gonna take out Christian McCaffrey because I don't want you to be biased. <laughs> so I'm gonna name I'm gonna give you Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, and Saquon Barkley. Obviously, this is before like injuries, so let's just pretend like this is week one and everybody's healthy. So all around back, I'm going with Kamara. You see that, that uh, play he did yesterday, that 50-yard touchdown run he had? Yep. Man, I'm watching that. I'm like, how is he doing this? Like, And the thing about Kamara that's crazy is he never looks like he's trying too hard. He just, like, effortlessly breaks tackles. It's crazy. Yep. yep. See, I'm not biased because I know when I pay attention and I watch the game, no matter who that player is, who that team is, I'm watching for the love of the game. And you know how bad that would pay me to say any Saints player is better than anybody else. Right, you got to right. give props when props is due. And honestly, I think he should be uh, higher on the list. Yeah. He's a he's truly a weapon. Like, receiving, like, running, like, blocking. Like, he can do it all. I don't Like, people, people think Henry's nice because he, like, runs for 100 yards. But, like, is he catching passes? Like, what else can he do? He just runs. He's just big. Yeah, he is big. But he has this nice movement. He can stiff arm with the best of them. And it was funny because they put him on a. It was one play because they played the. Uh, they played the Vikings yesterday. Yeah. And yeah, so they played the Vikings and they had him like lined up as a wide receiver. It was like third and four. They had him lined up as a, a wide out, not in the slot, like as a wide out. And he, he like ran this little slant route, and the slant it was like the worst route I've ever seen in my life. Like, like he tried to do it and it just like he he threw it to him and it was incomplete because the route wasn't it wasn't crisp at all. And I'm just like, they still have. I'm pretty sure they still got Deion Lewis, correct? I think so. Yeah, and I'm like, isn't that what he's there for? Like the catch, like you don't. If you're if your running back is not good at receiving, you should not be having him out there as a wide receiver trying to run those kind of routes. Right. And that's why I picked America's. Yeah. He does it all. He's like a Swiss Army knife, like Jason Helm over there. Yeah, thanks. They um, you know, it's funny. Like, so I really hate another one of my pet peeves is when people do stuff in hindsight when something does like when. When something doesn't work, they want to say, oh, that was a bad decision. But if it would have worked, they would have said, oh, that was a great call. Yesterday, when Taysom Hill fumbled that ball, when people said, oh, it's a bad decision, you got to keep it in Drew Brees' hands. But I'm like, no one ever says that when Taysom Hill is out there getting, like, multiple yards and when he's actually going out there getting positive plays. But right. the one time it actually doesn't work, it's like, oh, that was a terrible decision. You take down the Brees' hands. Like, that, that makes no sense to me. I feel like they don't trust Breeze on certain plays because they feel like he doesn't have the arm strength. So they put him in. But then at the same time, like, I don't really trust his accuracy, so... Yeah, and his accuracy was pretty much his calling card for his whole career. Because he never really had that great arm strength. He was just really accurate. I mean, his his completion percentage was always like 71, 75%. So... But he doesn't even have that no more. So once you lose that, I mean, what do you have? I got a question. 
how is it that last year my man had an injury and he couldn't even pick up the football with his hands and then five weeks later he came back and ran the table what type of surgery did they do on him uh that's the that's the best doctors that money can buy so yeah they got the voodoo new orleans doctors down there man yeah, right. <laughs> 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 You should be glad you got hurt though, because it worked out for y'all. You got Teddy Bridgewater out of that deal, so I don't like Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I heard you like writing about him too. When you said like, "Why are you, why are you laughing in the other like, why are you <laughs> like it makes no sense." <laughs> and I feel you because I, I say the same thing. I don't want no player like laughing and partying after like the games and y'all lost. It just like I, one thing I really hate. You know, I follow a lot of Eagles players on Instagram. One thing I hate is when they if they lose. And then they like post a picture from the game or something. It's just like, why are you posting this when we lost? Like, you know you're gonna get the hate comments. You know you're gonna say like, oh y'all suck today. Like, what's wrong with you? So like, why are you even posting this? Facts. Like, y'all had a y'all had yeah. a tough tough game in Cincinnati, man. Oh my god, man, that was that was brutal. You know what the thing is though, I'm I've been a big Carson Wentz fan for a long time. I'm slowly hopping off the Wentz wagon. Like honestly, like I'm not giving up on him yet, and I'm not. I don't want to do the knee-jerk reaction of saying put Jalen Hurts in because it's only three games. We have to, we have to calm down. But Carson Wentz, I mean, if we count the whole entire year out of these three games, he's really only made like a handful of like really good throws. Yesterday, he only made like one good throw that I can remember, and that was the the pass he had to Zach Ertz in the overtime, like the over yeah. throw the throw we had. That was the only good pass he really had. Like the Greg Ward touchdown, that was an easy touchdown. Like he when, should make that throw. When you guys played Seattle in the playoffs last year before he got hit, oh my God. Uh, he missed uh, Sanders wide open in the flat. And I'm like, what type of throw was that? Like, yeah. bro, what is going on? Then I'm looking at him now, and I'm like, yo, there's it's like a mental thing. Like, he hit a wall, and now he's like a shell of himself. Like, yeah. something's going on with him, and he's like not who he used to be anymore. He's not, man. It just sucks because I swear when I watch those – when I watch those 2017 like highlights, I'm just like, where is that guy at? Like, not even just that guy. Where is that team at? Like, it, it really hurts to watch like that year because I'm just like, why? Why does so much change so fast? Like, you know, we don't even have a turnover this year. We haven't forced one turnover. This year. No, I did not know that. Wow. We have one takeaway like on the stat sheet, but that was against the Rams. It was on a punt return. So like, the defense actually hasn't forced anything. Like, we have. No playmakers on the defense. Like, Darius Slay's a solid cornerback, but, like, eventually you need somebody to make the plays. We had eight sacks last night. I'm just – and every time we got a sack, I'm just like, just punch the ball out, strip the ball, do something. You got to make something happen because you need to have a short field. We are, like, minus, I think, eight now in the turnover differential because we have – like, Carson Wentz has six interceptions. He has a fumble. Uh, Miles Sanders had a fumble last week. So we have, like, nine turnovers at this point. So If it, if it makes you feel better uh... – for 12 straight games, uh, opponents scored over 20 points on us, and we didn't get a sack since last uh, season, and yeah. we just got our first sack in a game against the Chargers. Yeah, I saw that. That's yeah, crazy. Those, those Chargers uniforms are fire, too, man. They got to be the best uniforms in the NFL. All yeah. of them. Thanks, man. But they're like, I'm looking at that game yesterday. Like, those Jones are sick. And <laughs> the Panthers really, y'all were really close to losing that game because. That ladder that they had at the end, when he tossed that, if he would have landed that, he would have walked right in the end zone. Yep. I'm just like, man, y'all got away with one there. Like, that was God on y'all side right there. Like, God wanted y'all to get a win yesterday. I, I didn't want that win. I did not want that win. 
Yeah, I see you said that, but I'm just like, I'm not really a fan of tanking because it doesn't really promise you anything. Right. And like, like that stat, it was like the last 10 people to win a Super Bowl where they were placed at in the draft and the only first round pick, the first pick was Eli Manning and everybody else was like later rounds and I was like, oh. Yeah, pretty much. Like, you don't, you just got to be good at drafting. I mean, you can, I mean, you saw the Chiefs got that running back and they were they had the 32nd pick. I mean, we saw how good the Patriots have been drafting the last decade and a half, and they've they've never had a top pick. So right, it really, really doesn't promise you anything. We'll see. I I feel like there's a lot of teams that are worse than us. But how many people want a quarterback right now, or how many people need one? Like I see a lot of you Eagles fans talking about how you guys want to tank for Lawrence. I'm like, hold up, <laughs> what, what y'all mean? Yeah, I'm not. Nah, I'm I'm good on that. Like I'm 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 not. Nah, I'm good. Like I said, I'm not even ready to put in hurt. So I see a lot of people talking about that. So we're, I'm not on that at all. I remember in 2017, we were going to the playoffs. Nick Foles had a bad game and everybody wanted Nick Sutfeld to play. And I'm just like, what are you guys talking about? You want Nick Sutfeld, who's never played a down in a meaningful game, to start in the playoffs to get us to a Super Bowl? Like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> so, like, if it was up to you, we would have never won anything. We would have had Nick Sutfeld in there playing. People get crazy, man. They, they as do. soon as things don't, like you said, they, they want instant results. They can't right. take the time with anything. Anything. Like, I saw people talking about, I saw a guy in the Eagles group today talk about Alshon Jeffrey, uh, bring him back. Like, we miss him. And I'm like, do you remember how bad Alshon Jeffrey was last year? Like, he couldn't run last year. He couldn't catch last year. He couldn't do anything. Like, now, like, we just conveniently forget everything. Like, everybody talking about Lamar Jackson. I saw some, I think it was in the group that you added me to. Somebody said, oh, Lamar Jackson, like, can't uh, show up in big games. I'm just like, do you guys remember the Seahawks game last year that he won? Do you guys remember him beating the Rams last year on Monday Night Football? Do you guys remember him beating the, um, who else did he beat? He beat two more teams. I can't think right now. He beat, um, yeah, they, they flexed all their games to primetime because they were, like, on fire last year. Yeah, they were. They beat New England last year, like, on Sunday night. And it was another game. I think they beat Houston, and they just they won like twelve in a row. So I'm like, don't you're not going to sit here and tell me that he can't win big games. Like that, that's that's not true at all. So. I, I I agree with you 100 percent on the instant result thing, man. Yeah. Like if if things don't go the way that people want them to do immediately, they just swear them off, and that's not how it works. Like right. nothing in right. nothing in life, not even football, just everything. Like you got to be patient to get something. Yes, like. Like if your kid, if your kid is struggling after the first week, you're gonna just kick him out the house. Like it's like, I mean, like we're just gonna like oh he's 11 years old, but he's not showing me results. Like he he's done. Like no, you gotta just give it time. Like relax, people. It's not that serious. And I feel like when you get a Super Bowl to me, I feel like you buy yourself a good four to five years. So I'm good with that Super Bowl for now. But once like 2021 hit, then like next year I'm gonna be like all right, it's time to it's time to get it together again. So, I don't know, man. I feel like <laughs> y'all might be bad for a long time. I don't think so. I think we'll get it together. I mean, you think about it, like, I was looking at the highlights from the, it was a game from the 2017 49ers, and I realized, like, do you remember how bad the 49ers were in 2017? Yeah. They were terrible, and then two years later, they're in the Super Bowl, so it was like, things can really happen, like, really fast. Who was the quarterback over there after they got rid of Kaepernick and Alex Smith went to the Chiefs? Before they had Jimmy G, like Nick Nick Mullins, I think G.J. Kenny or something was another one. Like it was Be- Bethard, Bethard. Yeah, C C C J C J Bethard. Yeah, he was another one. It was, yeah. yeah they didn't they have anybody. Yeah, they they sure did. Then they they traded for Jimmy G, man. 
It worked out. I, mean, I can't believe fight. they won. What, what, yesterday? Yeah, I can't believe they won. They didn't have nobody and they still won. Man, they played the Giants. Like, they played the Jets and the Giants and be both of them. Yeah, thanks. They both suck, though. <laughs> it's funny because the, the Jets actually made me feel better about my team because I'm just like, man, we like the worst team in the league right now. But then I saw the Jets, I'm like, okay, they're still the worst team in the league. So I'm like, I, I don't feel as bad. So, like, we're good. The Jets getting rid of Jamal Adams is, like, wild. I, I would have gave that man whatever he wanted. Yeah, true, but so I don't know. Like, do you like follow baseball at all? Or like, yeah. Okay, so like you know, usually in baseball, when your team not going nowhere, they kind of just anything you have that's good, you just trade it and try to get some picks. So I think they just did a, a baseball move right there. So yeah, you know, I feel like your catcher out of there in Philly. Yeah, you should have paid that man. I don't know how the team with the highest payroll. Could not make the playoffs in a team in a year that was designed for you to make the playoffs. Like in a normal year, you only have four or five teams that make the playoffs. They have they give you eight teams in each league, and you, you still don't make the playoffs. <laughs> like sixteen teams make the playoffs, and you couldn't make the playoffs. Are you kidding me? I don't know, man. This was I, your, your big what? This was I'm just saying. This is your best chance right here. Like this was your year to make the playoffs. If you were ever going to make the playoffs as an eight seed or a seven seed, like this was the time to do it. It's been really hard for me to follow baseball after COVID. I haven't been paying attention. Like here and there, I put a game on and watch it for a little bit, but like it just doesn't really catch my eye like that. Yeah, same. I I, I, I haven't watched it either really at all. Like I know Bryce Harper was having a good year at first. I know um like the Red Sox sucked. I know the Yankees were playing really well. But mm. you know, like you said. It's, it's really tough. Like. And then once football came back, it was just like, I'm focusing on football now. Like. They still, they don't have it together themselves, man. All these people getting hurt, no conditioning coaches, like no preseason, no OT. I, I feel like uh, something bad is about to happen really soon. Yeah, I think so too. Because, um, you know, George Kittle, he got hurt. Uh, Jordan Reed got hurt for the, um, for the, uh, the nine, Niners? Yeah, 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 that's what it is. Yeah, the Niners. Um, Tyree Cohen for the the Bears. He he tore the ACL yesterday, so it's just still just a lot more injuries, man. Every single week, every time I was looking at the Saints game yesterday, I look up at the TV and one of their offensive linemen is down. I'm just like, every time I look up at the TV this year, somebody is hurt. Like somebody was on the ground, somebody is holding their ankle, like somebody is limping off the field. Like it's yep. just scary. Speaking of people getting hurt and limping off the field, and since you're an Eagles fan, so I know you have expertise in this. Uh, you think it's time for Jason Peters to hang it up? Yo, it's, it was time for him to hang it up like two years ago. <laughs> Yo, he got just, like, at least in the first half, this guy was killing us, man. And the thing is, he wasn't even supposed to play left tackle, so I can't really even blame him that much. He's supposed to play right guard. He's supposed to be the right guard. Andre Dillard was supposed to be the left tackle, our first-round pick from last year. He wasn't ready last year, so he was on the bench. He played, like, I think he played in the Seahawks game. He was terrible, so they took him out. And he was supposed to be our starter this year. He got hurt, so Jason Peters had to move over. But he said, y'all want me to play left tackle, y'all got to pay me more money. They gave, they restructured his contract, they gave him more money. Now he's at left tackle. Now we're seeing the benefits of paying a 38, 39-year-old this kind of money. So, uh, and if he was playing, like, a lot of times in football, you can hide your guards. Like you, if you have a bad left guard or a right guard, you can pretty much, you can kind of make up for that in other areas. You can give them some help. Like you can, the center can help them a lot. You can do double teams, but 
with your left tackle, they're pretty much out there on the island most of the time. So. <laughs> Tuck Carolina, that. Well, yeah. <laughs> but Cause they didn't get the memo, my guy. Yeah, I don't. Which I, I had two sacks yesterday, right? Yeah, Brian Burns and uh, uh, I cannot think of his name right now. But one person that really impressed me was Jeremy Chen out of Notre Dame. Yeah, he's uh, like our best defensive player on that team. Oh, cool. I got to look him up. So I do want to get to – I want to get to the next position, though. So best wide receiver. I know who the – I mean, I'm going to name the top three who I think the top three are. And if you think of somebody else, then you jump in and let me know. So Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins. Who's the best out of those three? Eh, Hopkins. Yeah. One of my coworkers said that as well. I kind of – I think it's Julio Jones for my money because I just like, I don't know, I just like the speed and the size. And I just, but Hopkins is really good. I mean, he's he's definitely giving Colin Murray a, a great target. Well, uh, Julio Jones needs to catch a ball in the end zone before he could be great, so. <laughs> especially at goal line. And I'm sure you remember that. Yeah, that was yo, that was the longest like two seconds of my life. <laughs> like, like, when that ball was in the air, I was just like, no. Like, <laughs> No, you can't be elite and you're not catching touchdown passes. It's as simple as that. That's true, but it's sometimes it's just that's just how it works, you know. It's, everybody can't be Chris Carter. All he did was catch touchdowns. I like that guy. Yeah, he was good. Announcing um, too. Man, he's he's a, yeah. Where, where is he announcing that? He used to be on Fox Sports. Now he's not there no more. Where is he? I haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah, he used to be on um with Nick Wright on. Uh, like first things first with that show, Nick Wright. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Don't. But, um, with the re- with the receivers though, so it's funny because Odell Beckham used to be up there. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think Mike Evans probably was up there in that league. He might still be like in that league category, but Odell Beckham is definitely not there no more. So. You know who? Like- you, you know who people don't pay attention to for whatever reason, and he's a really good receiver. Lockett. Oh, Tyler Lockett. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand why no one ever mentions him. Yeah, I don't know. He had a monster game yesterday. Yes, he did. It's funny because this might be the best receiving core that Seattle has had. I mean, with him and DK Metcalf, like they're they're good. Him and that rookie move he did, gloating, he didn't even get across the uh, line. Yeah, that was that was terrible. Russell was big mad at him on the sideline. Yeah, I bet. Like, I was like, <laughs> yo, that that mouthpiece he uses, that mouth guard with the yeah. pacifier, makes me so angry. Yeah, that that makes me mad too. Like, <laughs> you're a grown man, my guy. What are you doing? They used to get me mad with um Steph Curry too, because he used to like play with his mouthpiece on the court. And I'm like, why are you playing with this? Like, you're a baby. Like, put the mouthpiece in your mouth. Like, <laughs> they used to piss me off. He be doing tricks. Remember uh Tech Deck, the little skateboard toys he had when he was little? Uh, he be yeah. doing that in his mouth with the mouth guard. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I remember when he threw the uh, mouthpiece at the referee that time when he got mad in the final. Yo, I was crying. Yeah, that was that was funny. That was hilarious. You only, you only really see Steph Curry get that mad. He's one of those guys that kind of just he stayed even killed. So when he gets mad, it's like, whoa. Like, right. wait, what's, what's going on here? Oh. Is that beige rage again? Yeah, that, that light skin rage, I'll tell you. <laughs> but uh, it's funny because I remember on your episode, we talked about the tight ends, but we got a lot of young, good receivers in the league, too. We got the initial gang. We got DK Metcalf. We got DJ Moore. We got AJ Brown. We got a, we got a lot of guys that are good. We got Juju. We got Juju. Juju. 
the new guy, uh, Justin Jefferson, over there in Minnesota. What? Yeah, he's he's good. I saw somebody um in the Eagles group. He shared he shared that video and he was like, "Why did we pass on him again?" And I'm just like, "Did you calm down? Like, just relax." He had one good game. Like his first two games were okay, but he had one monster game. And let's not overreact because that's why that's what I say about Eagles fans. Like, if we were up to Eagles fans, we would just have every single player. We would have drafted every single player. We signed every single free agent, and no other team would have anybody. We would just. This, this is what I say all the time. I say every time I talk to an Eagles fan. They say every single player that they have is better than who you have, but then they want every skill player. I don't understand. That. Right. Like, it's like, you can't have everybody. Like, soon as somebody gets fired, soon as somebody gets released, they're like, yo, Eagles, pick them up. I'm like, yeah, no, right. <laughs> they, just want every, they want every player. Yo, that, that dropped me crazy. Like, <laughs> Eagles, go, go, go get them. Like, I remember when we, um, Signed, when we signed Deshaun Jackson back, it was like, okay, now go get uh, Lashawn, now go get Lashawn McCoy, and go get Michael Vick, and get Jeremy Macklin. I'm just like, if it didn't work the first time, what makes you think <laughs> it would work the second time when they're five years older? Like, it's like, right. it's not gonna right. work out. Like, you think Clowny too? Yeah, I wanted Clowny. I'm like, what? What? Yeah. I wouldn't have minded Clowny though, but I was mad at him because he knocked out my quarterback last year. So. Uh, that you know that was a dirty, you know that was a dirty play. But. He he didn't slide. He, he, did, he, was, he was down. I don't know. I'm not a fan of either team, so <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm I don't like. So you I can like Wentz. Yeah, I do like Wentz, but I can admit when a guy is down, you don't need to drive your head into him. Like when he's already on the ground, you just don't. You can just touch him. Like you don't have to just. Even if you like want to hit him, you can like tap, you don't have to like drive your, your helmet into him like that. Like that was that was a little much to me. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Clowney's a dirty player, so he is. He's always been a dirty player, and and I can be impartial because there was another game. I think actually it was the Saints game last night, and this is where like the offensive biasness come into me because I just feel like with the numbers being so inflated, every the offense gets every advantage, like every single one. The defense can't do anything. The defense can't touch nobody because there was a play yesterday when the Saints received the Saints cornerback. He like. It barely even touched him. It was like a pass interference or illegal contact. And like the very next play, I think it was a tight end. I think it was number 81. And he pushed off a little bit and, and caught the ball. And I'm just like, so the previous play was a, a pass interference on the defense. But this guy pushed off right in front of the referee. But that wasn't an offensive pass interference. Like, it, just, it makes no sense to me because I'm telling you, the offense gets every single advantage. Every they, single. they pick and choose when they want to have the rules. This goes all the way back to when the referees went on strike in that uh, Seattle uh, Green Bay game when they caught the ball and it was an interception. He said it was a touchdown. Like, they're just making stuff up as the games go on. I don't right, understand. Right. Yeah, that, that – I remember that. That was – yeah. <laughs> that was a big deal at that time. That was a – Man, they got some regular referees back in so fast after that game. <laughs> <laughs> they saw that on TV. They were like, wait a minute. Hold up. We'll come back. Forget it. Forget it. We got it. Yeah, right. It was like, man, that was tough. Green Bay and like Seattle has had some good games over the years now. Now I think about it. Yeah, they have, actually. That's a good matchup. I think it's going to be them in the NFC Championship this year, honestly. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, if Seattle gets the defense together. They might not even have to, honestly. I don't trying to take off the top. I mean, I think everybody overreacting about the Saints. I think the Saints will be okay. I mean, they've had, like, a, a tough, like, schedule. It's kind of like Houston. Everybody mad at Houston for being 0-3, but, like, have you seen their schedule? Like, they their schedule has been brutal. Like. Right. They play Kansas, they play Baltimore, and they play Pittsburgh. Like, yeah, come on. Come on. 
then they got to play, and they play Minnesota next week. So you got two over three teams. So one of them teams are going to go zero four. So we don't know which ones. But the problem with Minnesota is there's no home field advantage anymore. Like Minnesota, uh, Seattle, uh, uh, New Orleans, like those are teams that really thrive on that home field advantage, and that's not there this year. Excuses, excuses. They were saying that last night on the game, talking about uh, Green Bay and how they got an advantage because they can hear, like, stop, stop. I'm not trying to hear that. Look, it's just true. Like, it's like, <laughs> but it's like, even with the NBA bubble, it's like, you don't have that advantage of, you can't just fall back, oh, we're the number one seed, we got home foot advantage. You actually have to go out and beat these teams now. You can't just rely on, we get four games at home and you get three. Like you, that, that's not that's not okay no more. You, have, you actually have to go out like the Lakers did. You have to actually go out there and take care of business. And the Heat, as the five seed, if there was ever a year for a five seed to get to the finals, this was the year. All right. So obviously, uh, both of us know LeBron is the best player in the NBA. Now, I, I, I like this guy. I like what he does outside of the court. Like his personal life aside. He's a really good person. However, there's a lot of people that are haters of this man. If yeah. Miami beats LA, what do you think reaction is going to be from everybody with LeBron? Oh, this is going to be like World War Three. It's it's over. Like, Skip Bayless is going to have a field day. Like, there's a, you know the the Facebook, the Twitter people like they will be yo. And I said this on my podcast yesterday. Like, the Miami Heat are playing with house money. Like, they have nothing to lose. Like, if they lose this this series, like, it doesn't matter at all. Right. Because if you think about think about LeBron James in 2007 when he lost to the Spurs, no one cared because he had no chance against that team. But if you fast forward to 2012, 2013, even 2011 when he lost against the Mavericks, it was like LeBron choked. LeBron sucks. Like, he oh, what happened to all them rings who were going to win? So. It's, le- it's different levels to this. It was the same thing with the Denver Nuggets. Like, no one, like, if you look look at Sports Center after the Nuggets got kicked out the playoffs, no one cared. Like, nobody would say, oh, the, the Nuggets, like, got over to the conference finals and they lost. Like, no one cared at all. Like, it's like when you're the underdog, it, it doesn't really matter. Like, when you're the right. favorite, all the pressure was on the Lakers at this point. All the pressure was on the Lakers the whole entire postseason, the whole entire season. You know, I, I'm a, I'm not going to be able to watch a lot of the NBA Finals games because I'm going to be at work overnight. But when I get home, I'm going to just, like, watch the highlights. And hopefully there's, like, a the closing game on a weekend when I'm off or something because I'm trying to see at least one game. Right, right. I know the first game is on Wednesday, so. Yeah, I'm not going to see that, but I'll watch it after I get home. What about Sunday? You off on Sundays? Yep. Okay, well, I think game two is on Sundays. Or I'm maybe definitely going to be tuned in. I think game three is on Sunday because I saw a commercial and it said it said Blackish comes on after the NBA Finals. So I think it's game three. <laughs> Blackish. <laughs> yeah, I love that show like that. But it was on it was on the ESPN commercial because you know the ESPN ABC is all the same. So yeah. But um, yeah. Actually, I'm glad we talked about that because now I want to talk about this. So, do you think Anthony Davis is the best teammate that LeBron James has ever had? That's an interesting conversation piece. I mean. When it's all said and done, Dwayne Wade's going to be a Hall of Famer. For uh, sure. But uh, Kyrie, what? So I'm looking at it from this way. So, yeah, I forgot about Kyrie. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think Kyrie is on Dwayne Wade's level. But I know Dwayne Wade, like his overall career, is probably going to be better than Anthony Davis, especially at this point in his career. But if you look at from 2010, to 2014, like that Dwayne, that version of Dwayne Wade that LeBron James played with, do you think that version is better than this version of Anthony Davis that he's playing with? 
Absolutely not. So, Anthony Davis has too many weapons, man. He, he spreads yeah. the floor. He, he plays in the paint. He can get mm-hmm. rebounds. He can score. Like, defensively, like, he can stop, get stops. Like, what? He facilitates, yeah. too. He can uh, uh, orchestrate the offense. Like, yeah. nah, man. Nah. And Wake up and do all that. He sure could. Especially after, like, those last, like, two years. Especially that last year. Like, like LeBron had no help. That, that 2014 finals against the Spurs, LeBron had literally no help on that team. Like, Dwayne Wade was already breaking down. I mean, there's a reason that Dwayne Wade retired way before LeBron did because he's not on the same level as LeBron James, especially conditioning-wise. And I know he's a little older than LeBron because he actually went to college, but I just think, I think Anthony Davis right now, I don't think there's ever been another teammate that he's had where he could just delegate into another guy. There's too many weapons. Yes, as much as he can. Like, I mean, he was like, obviously, Kyrie Irving hit the game-winning shot in Game 7 in 2016. And, you know, Dwayne Wade had a couple, like, good moments. They were there. They had a bunch of alley-oops. He had some good moments there. But I don't think he was able to, you know, he could sit on the bench for, like, five, six, seven minutes, and it's okay. Like, nah, that, that's a good question. I think, yeah, I think Anthony Davis may be the best player that LeBron ever had. Um, and, I mean, he has to do it some more because this is just year one. I mean, he has to, you know, keep it up. He can't just have one good year and then just kind of fall off. But but he's so young. I don't think he's – he's in his prime right now. So. You think uh, LeBron will end up playing with his son? I kind of hope so. I'm, I'm really wishing for that, honestly. I feel like he doesn't have that much time left. Like, I see a good three, maybe four more years out of LeBron, and then he's like, all right, it's time to stop. Like, he can't run with these freshmen coming out. Like, I know he takes care of his body. And he can, like, get up and down the court. But uh, by the time, he doesn't stop for nobody. So That's true. But, I mean, he can – I think he'll still be in the league, like, still putting together, like, some quality minutes. But I don't know if he like, able to – see, I don't think somebody like LeBron could just be hanging around the league playing, like, 21 minutes a night. Like, that would be, like, a really far cry for a guy who's, like, that stature to do it. Because even at the end of Kobe's career, he barely could play. He was still playing like a lot of minutes. Like he was taking a lot of shots still. That was sad to watch. <laughs> it really was sad to watch. And I think people forget about that because, you know, it's Kobe Bryant and then he tragically passed away. But people re- don't re- really, really remember it. And because he got 60 points in his last game. People don't remember it. His last three years were not pretty at all. Like, right. Like they, he was shooting a lot of threes because he, get, he couldn't get to the hole no more. That's why he was shooting so many threes. Yeah. <laughs> When, when you're when you're at that level uh, of a career, when you're like beyond star, like superstar, like face of the NBA, you get to do what you want. So nobody's going to stop him from shooting. Yeah, no. Not even he the was, coach. They didn't have no say. He was going to do whatever he wanted out there. Yeah, pretty much. It's like that last game against Utah when he dropped 60. It was like nobody else even touched the ball. I mean, he was bringing the ball up. He was going around screens. He was shooting. Like nobody, nobody touched the ball. I think the whole fourth quarter, I don't think another person touched the ball at all. He, uh, <laughs> funny you say that. I told, you remember, I'm like a huge Kobe fan. In an interview, they were talking to him, and he was like, uh, he was like, you know, they were afraid to guard me because I'm Kobe. He was like, and I was telling them, like, no, like, put your hands up, like, guard me. Like, I'm still, I'm still playing a game. And they were like, no, it's your last game. Like, they were trying to back off of him, and it was pissing them off. I was like, wow. Yeah. Nah, Kobe ain't with that, man. He's, he's, he's still a competitor. He, he don't. Facts. Facts. And I'm glad the Lakers are going to the finals after he passed. That's like, 
means a lot. Especially if they win with the Mamba jerseys on, I might cry. Yo, that's yeah, that's facts. Yeah. I think the whole city will. Like, yeah, I think the whole NBA will like cry. I don't even think like the Heat will be mad at it because I mean it's like it's like Kobe. If if LeBron like if they win, LeBron gets the MVP and he gets the mic and he like shouts out Kobe. Oh, or like they bring the daughters up or something. I'm I'm gonna lose my mind. Yeah, that would be that would be dope. Did you see that video of his uh, youngest daughter looking at a picture of him? Oh yeah, I did see that. Uh-huh. That, that tore so, me up. Yeah, that was so sad. I can't even imagine not being able to put my kids are in their lives. Like, that kills me. No, same though. That's the. How is your How is your son? He's good. He's you know he he got school. He's in school now. So, which is funny being up in Derby, but like everybody I was talking to from the Philadelphia area, they said they're they said their um their kids were off for like some Jewish holiday or whatever, and I'm like we didn't we didn't get that memo. So I, I guess they're not. I guess not in our district that happens. They don't do remote learning. Yeah, they do, but I, I take them to a. He goes to a teacher. He goes to like a, a daycare or whatever. We just oh. pay that. We just pay that lady to take care of all that because I don't. Last at the end of like last year at the end it was so frustrating, and honestly his mom dealt with most of it, so I can't even say it was frustrating for me. It was frustrating for her. So she the one that did it. So I'm just like, all right, just find somebody and I, I'll pay for it, or whatever. Like so, right? We just that's what we doing. I'm not. I'm not dealing with that. It's like did your homework. It's a lot. Cool. It's a lot. Yeah, it, it, it is. Yeah, but. It's probably not as much if, if he was in regular school. So. But I kind of, I kind of want him to just go back to regular school. I just wish it was back to normal. Nah, man, I see these cases rising, and I'm like, man, especially around Thanksgiving time when it's flu season again. Everybody's gonna start getting sick. And there's gonna be another shutdown. Yeah, facts. That's because everybody, nobody was, nobody was staying home like they were supposed to. Like. <laughs> they already got, they, they moved the mask rule in Florida. They out there wilding. Wait, they have their wallet? Wyland. Wyland. Oh, Wyland. Wyland. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they, they uh, lifted the mask rule. They don't have to wear a mask in Florida. Now they have, and the beach is partying. Like, they're going crazy down there. Oh, yeah, they all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I saw, I saw my, my cousin. I saw an Instagram story she had. Yeah, I'm calling you out, Tasha. Um, she she had an Instagram story like in this bar or whatever. Like all these people, I didn't see nobody wearing the mask. It was like it was packed in there, and I'm just like, where are you at with all these people during the pandemic? And she's like, um, I think Chicago, Atlanta. She said Atlanta. That's what she said. And I was like, oh, well, y'all gonna die. So I'll say some <laughs> nice words at the funeral, but y'all definitely gonna die. So like, Did she have a mask on? No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, she wasn't in the video because she was just taking the video of everybody else. But I mean, nobody else had a mask on, so I'm pretty sure she didn't have one on. That's like a petri dish. Yeah, thanks, man. It's just like I'm not. I don't know, man. Right now, I just I go to work and I I go to the market if I have to, and I come home. I don't I don't be out there. Yeah, I go to work and I'm home with my family, and that's it. I don't do nothing else and watch sports. So. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I see they letting a lot of people in the stadiums too, like. Like you know, like limited people, like, and I think those people at the game tonight. I kind of can see them on the side, but I don't know. Yeah, if that was like, yeah. Like I can't tell if that was like media reporters or like that was like actual fans. Did you see in the Denver Tampa Bay game they had the South Park characters in the stands with a cardboard cutout? No, I didn't I, see that. No. I thought that was lit. <laughs> That's the only good thing I have to say about Denver. You don't like Denver either? Mm, I think you know why. Oh yeah, the Super Bowl. I'm okay. I'm okay. Well, you know. You, you know Peyton Manning had to have his retirement tour, so I mean yeah, he was true. throwing he was throwing ducks, but I mean he yeah, had to go true. out on top. 
Yeah, he was. Yo, that was like that might have been the worst quarterback to ever. I mean, I know his name is Peyton Manning, but if you look at that, that might have been the worst quarterback to ever win the Super Bowl. Like, nah, I got you beat on that one, Trent Dilfer. Nah, Trent Dilfer was better than that. Though, like. <laughs> I mean, Trent Dilfer at least threw a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I mean, remember he threw it to um, I forgot who he threw that touchdown to, but he. He had the great defense that he could lean on, but he at least he wasn't throwing ducks like Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning could not throw the ball more than like ten yards down the field. Yeah, well, I already knew how it was going to play out, so I didn't get my hopes up. Yeah. All right, I got a, I got a couple of trivia questions for you before I let you go. Oh snap! How long you been uh you been a Carolina Panthers fan for like your whole life? Correct. Yes. Well, since '95. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> since I could pay attention to football, I knew what was going on. Yes, I've been a fan. Because, I mean, you have a very great advantage because your team has only been around for, like, 25 years. Like, you don't have this long history. Like, if somebody were to do this about me, like about the Eagles, I mean, my team goes back to 1933. So, the history is too much to remember. But yours only go back to 95. So, it ain't there really that many questions. So, I'm going to just see how good your knowledge is about your team. Uh-oh. So, who was the Carolina Panthers' very first draft pick? Was it Ray Karuk? Was it Blake <laughs> Brocker Meyer, was it Julius Peppers or Kerry Collins? Collins? You're correct, yes. I remember him being drunk. <laughs> yeah. He was the fifth overall pick in the 1995 draft. And then he went to New York, right? Yeah, he was putting the uh, he, he he killed us a lot, yeah. Man, I remember at one point we lost to the Giants like nine games in a row from like ninety-seven to like two thousand and one or something like that. Like, and Kerry Collins was like the quarterback for like more than half of those games. I like this. Let's see how much knowledge I do have. All right. Okay. So, which Panthers quarterback holds the team record for most passing yards in a single season? Was it Cam Newton, Steve Berline, Jake DeLome, or Kerry Collins? Ah. Uh, oh, no. I'm tossed up between two, and I don't know which one's the right answer. <laughs> Uh, I want to say Cam. I really do, but I'm going to go with DeLone. And that would be incorrect. Who was it? Steve Berline. Man. How long did he play in Carolina? uh, Probably not that long. But in 1999, he threw for 4,436 passing yards. And that got us absolutely nowhere. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, no. <laughs> it was like, and it's funny because I remember thinking it was Cam Newton too because I remember in his rookie year he threw for four thousand yards. Right. That's why I thought it was Cam. Yeah, but the funny thing is, I don't think he's going for four thousand yards ever since then. He's the one that's singing New England, I guess. And the funny thing about him is that was the year like when the lockout happened, so there was like no, there was like a really really short training camp, and I'm thinking like, man, this Cam Newton guy, he. Like, if you're a quarterback for a team right now, it's, like, the worst time to be a quarterback because you have, like, limited time to mess with your teammates. Like, and if you're a rookie, so they couldn't be at the sta- they couldn't be at the stadium. They couldn't learn the plays. They couldn't learn the playbook. They weren't really talking to their coaches. So, right, you were at a really distinct disadvantage. So, I just thought he wouldn't do anything. In the first game against Arizona, he came out through for, like, 400 yards. Like, Steve Smith no, I'll never forget. I'll never yeah. forget it. So, I was just like, oh, I guess he proved me wrong. So, like. I remember the year before you had Jimmy Clausen as your quarterback. He was terrible. Don't get me started on that. Yeah, Jimmy Clausen was like one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life. Jimmy Clausen and somebody else we had before that too, and I can't remember more. I remember the last name more. Oh, 
Matt, I think it was Matt Moore. Yeah, trash. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you got to go through those quarterbacks. I mean, you had Matt Moore and Jimmy Clausen, and we had Kevin Cobb and and uh, Mike McMahon. So <laughs> Cobb went over to Arizona and torched y'all. Oh my God, that, I was yo, I was so mad. I'm like, this cannot be happening, yo. Like, <laughs> I was like, Duh. that was our terrible. That was our that was our 2012 season where it was just the year was just over. Sheesh. All right, so next, which Panthers player? was the first to have his jersey number retired. Was it Kerry Collins, Julius Peppers, Sam Mills, or Thomas Davis? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, <laughs> the people's numbers that should be retired are not, right? <laughs> so I'm going to go with Sam Mills. You're correct. Keep pounding. He's the one who came up with that saying. Oh, yeah. Let me see. August 2003, Mills was diagnosed with intestinal cancer. Yep. He was told he only had a few months to live. He underwent chemotherapy and radiation. He continued to coach. He was an mm-hmm. inspirational force in the Panthers' postseason run to Super Bowl 38. He has a statue out there, too. Oh, he does. His plea to keep pounding in an emotional speech before the Panthers' victory over the Dallas Cowboys later became the name of a fund to sponsor cancer research programs and an official team slogan. Hey, I know myself, man. I say, yeah. <laughs> okay, you were good with that one. Okay, I got three more for you. Oh, so, man. who was the first head coach of the Carolina Panthers? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't know it was multiple choice. I'll say if you know it, like sure. Like, I mean, like um, I think I do. I think I do. Okay, I'm gonna give you choices just in case. So, I got George Seifert, got Dom Capers. Ron Rivera or John Fox? I know it wasn't John Fox because he was the coach before Ron Rivera, and obviously it wasn't Ron Rivera. Yeah. Um, you said Caper, and what was the other name? Uh, George Seifert. Or I'm going to go with Caper. And you're correct. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. He was the coach from 1995 to 1998. And he coached the Texas from 2002 to 2005. He's the only person to serve two different NFL expansion teams as their first head coach. Yeah. Okay. This is actually an easy one. This is like a... Like, I, I even knew this one off the top of my head. So if you don't know this one, like, I don't know what to tell you. Which pan... I, I probably... I don't even have to really tell you the... the um, I don't even got to give you the choices, honestly. Which Panther linebacker led the NFL in tackles as a rookie? Luke Keekly. There you go. Okay. <laughs> like, like, I say that you you a, didn't even have to finish that sentence. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was like a that was a T ball grand slam right there. <laughs> okay. This one might be a little tougher. It's the last question. Who was the first Panther to surpass 1,000 receiving yards in the season? Was it Don Beebe? Was it Rocket Ishmael, Mushin Muhammad, or Mark Carrier? Oh, 87, Mushin Muhammad. Mm, no. No. Dang, who was it? Uh, Mark Carrier. I do not remember that name at all. Yeah, he played for y'all in 1995, which was y'all expansion team and he barely crept a thousand yards he had a he had a thousand and two yards so like he, was, <laughs> <laughs> he, he just he, sneaked over a little bit yeah he probably had like 998 yards and he was like bro just throw me the ball man so I get my like, like, <laughs> he had a curl he had a uh, a tight end curl 
he just ran out of bounds. Right. <laughs> right. I remember that happened with uh, Heinz Ward. He had he had 999 catches, and they like the, the Steelers caught like a little shovel pass or something just to just to get him that like that top of catch. I like Heinz Ward. He's a class act. Yeah. Good blocker too. Yeah. 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 Hey, him and Plastico Burris, that was like a deadly combo right there. Sweatpants in a nightclub. That's all I can think of when I think of Plastico Burris. Oh, yeah, right, right. Oh, my God. Actually, that actually helped us out because I remember they were, they were, yo, that 2008 season, they were rolling. They were the number one seed. And as soon as that happened, they kind of lost a couple games at the end of the season. And then they lost to us at the end of the season. And then we beat them again in the playoffs. So, kind of worked out for us. So, so thank you for that, Plastico Burris. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of upset. Uh, my mom got me a, a Panthers history book, and it gives every fact about the Panthers. And I was literally just reading it, and I got two answers wrong, and that's going to get under my skin for a long oh, time. Yeah, like, <laughs> that last one was tough, though, because, I mean, that like, who's Mark Carey? I don't know who that is. Yeah, but I, I'm pretty extensive with my uh, Panthers knowledge. Yeah. I'm kind of jealous that, like I said, I'm kind of jealous that your team has only been around for so long, because... Only twenty five year history. Like, I can't. I can't remember all that stuff. But... Right. I'm sure I, I'll forget it as I get older. But right now, it's fresh in my mind. Yeah, I got you. Bro. I'll, I'll try you again next time. I'll, <laughs> I'll be ready again. this time. Right. Right. Like, <laughs> that's why I didn't want to tell you that. Cause I'm like, I don't need you like studying up. There's certain things. I'm like, no, nah, I don't want you to. I ain't want you to be studying up on stuff. But then you be ready for me. I gotta. I had to throw you off with that one. You did. That was a nice curveball. I see what you did. Okay. I got to be ready for the next time you're on mine. Really for you all. Just don't go back to like the 1930s or nothing. Like just... <laughs> I mean, I, I know a couple questions that I think you know from the 30s. Uh, I don't know. That's going way too far back. But... Yeah? Probably. Like, I don't. I mean, maybe if I heard the question, maybe, but I, I don't know. That's, that, that's, that's, that's a long time ago. Look. That's a, that's a, Good history, man. Yeah. Our uniforms were so ugly. We had those blue and yellow uniforms. Like, throw the trash. Really? You, a lot of people like that color. Nah, I, I wasn't a fan. I'm not even really a fan of the... Like, I like the Kelly Green, but everybody who wants to go back to Kelly Green is like the full-time uniforms. I'm not really a fan of that. Like, I wouldn't mind wearing them every once in a while. Like, if they could, the league would allow it. But I, I, I like the Midnight Green. I really do. Maybe because... So the Eagles stopped wearing Kelly Green in '95. They started wearing Midnight Green in 1996. I start remembering things in 1996. So like pretty much to me, that's all I really know. So, the only the only thing I think of when I think of Kelly Green jerseys is uh, it's Randall Cunningham and Reggie White. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, like every once in a while I throw one like the I throw one like the, the Eagles Kelly Green lanyard. Or you wear the hat or like the shirt or something, but. But he ran the Cunningham was like definitely around that time. That was our buddy Ryan era. That was like, yeah, we should have won. Like, we should have won something that year. Buddy like, Ryan. Yeah, like around that time, our defense was so good. But Randall Cunningham was pretty much just asked to go out there and just make a couple plays. And we didn't really have no structure as far as like the offense. As far from like the history I've done. So. Like it just our defense was way too good to not win at least like like Buddy Ryan never even won a playoff game here when he was here. Well, did he tell him? Did he tell Randall Cunningham not to run? No, he told him to run. Like he, he oh, he told him, him to, run. to run. Yeah, he wanted him to like just go out there, and just run around and make some plays. I remember him t- telling him to do something that he shouldn't have said, and they were like, "He they shouldn't have told him to run because his career would have lasted longer if he threw the ball more." Uh, 
I may be wrong. But I know the end of his Eagles career was really it ended up pretty ugly. He got benched for like Rodney Pete or something, and then he left, and then he, he came was back he was our quarterback. Y'all, oh, oh, Rodney Pete, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah Rodney Pete was he was okay. We had some bad quarterbacks, though. Like, I mean, from, like, Rodney Pete was okay, but we had two, like, Ty Detmer and Doug Peterson was our quarterback at one point. And um, Bobby Hoyne was, like, probably the worst quarterback that we've ever had in our life. <laughs> Bobby Hoyne was so bad. Like, you watch uh, EDP? No, I, I hate that guy. Really? Yeah, I, legit, I, I hate that guy with a passion. Because uh, so, he, he makes us look so bad. That's why I, I just don't so, like So, apparently... That's all a show. He's not like that at all. He just does that to get views. Yeah, pretty much. And I, 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 I can sad. Pretty, I, can, yeah, I can pretty much tell that. So it's just, I just don't really, like, if you can't be yourself, I, I would never, I don't know, like, I don't want to, like, chastise myself just for some views. Like, I, I'm, I'm good on, I'm good on that. So. Yeah, when y'all drafted Hertz in the second round and uh, he did a video. I was like, something's seriously wrong with that guy's mental health. And I looked into it, and they were like, nah, that's all, show. Yeah, it's, I'm better than this. But it's just the fact that he's, like, the poster child for what, like, an Eagles fan is. And they, they make it, like, this national thing. So, like, then they think every Eagles fan is exactly like that. And it's just, that's, that's not the case. Yeah, they do. Y'all get a bad rep a lot. Really do. Like, and rightfully so, man. It's like, I, I get it. Like, some of these people, be, they be tripping. I, I get it. So, but... Like we're not all like that. Some some of us actually have some kind of common sense and some kind of sense of what's going on. That's every fan. There's the fans out there that are like hardcore and fighting people, and then there's the other fans that are rational who watch the game and understand it. Right. Like I know. Like I get my hopes up for a season. I'm like, oh, yo, like we about to go to the big dance. Like it's time. <laughs> like we about we about to do it. And then there's times like, yo, we're not doing nothing. Like, we're not even gonna make a playoff run. Like, I already know what to expect. I'm not gonna get my hopes up. Yeah. I just, like I said, I'm still mad at y'all for 2003, though. Like, y'all should have never <laughs> won that game. <laughs> yo, uh, remember uh, the running back, Foster? Oh, that, that, yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm related to him. Really? Oh, yeah, my grandma's side is like a cousin of mine. Hmm. I know uh, what's his face is mar- Justin Tuck is married into my family. That's a cousin. <laughs> you got the connection, huh? Yeah. <laughs> cool. I might have to hit you up some tickets one day. Right? <laughs> yeah. I wish, man. Well, we definitely would go. Especially if it was like a Carolina Philly game. What? That would be sick, though. My, yeah, wife, not- my wife wanted me to go to the one. We go and get tickets, but she was afraid I was going to get in a fight with somebody. So she didn't want me to Probably, yeah, most of the time, it's probably a good idea to stay from the other stadium. I remember when, um, like, the, the NFC Championship game, we played against the Vikings a couple of years ago. And a couple of, like, Vikings fans went to the stadium, and you had people, like, throwing beers at them, and it's like, you suck or whatever. And I'm just like, I get the people that's throwing beers, like, they probably shouldn't be there. But, like, for the most part, like, the video that I saw, it was just people, like, just screaming at them, just heckling them. I'm just like, what do you expect when you go to another person's stadium during a playoff game? We're trying to go to the Super Bowl. We think we're going to just roll out the red carpet for you. Like, hey, here you go, my lady. Like, no, like you're you're coming here. Like, don't don't expect to like get some like crazy like southern hospitality. Like, that's not how especially it especially if there's alcohol involved. Right, exactly. Like, you're tripping. I went there because my son is an Eagles fan. We went to the parade and everything. Did you really? Yeah. 
there were people standing on top of the McDonald's. <laughs> the cops were bringing them down. There was people passing out loud around. I'm like, yo, it's crazy out here. Yeah, that, that was nuts. I remember, like, I couldn't see anything. We got there too late. But I, I could hear it. And we were standing there for a long time. And I had my son in my hands the whole, because it was like mud everywhere. And he was yeah, yep. four at the time. And I, I'm like literally holding it in my arms. And my arm, my shoulder was killing me by the time like it was over. Like, I'm just like, Caden, I cannot hold you no more. Like, you're, you're, you're killing me, child. But I, I had my son on my shoulders. Yeah, it's just, you know, like, how old, how old was your son at the time? What was this? Three years ago? 2017, 2018. Beginning of 2018. So, two years ago, he was six, seven. Oh, uh, yeah. And I was like, yo, I can't, you got to get off. Like, he was give, I was giving him a piggyback. And uh, we were going back on the Patco to come back home. And this lady, she was so drunk. She fell. And she fell on top of my son. And he was screaming. And I, like, lost it. Yo, I turned into the Incredible Hulk. I, like, picked her up. And I threw her to pick him up. And he couldn't walk. So I literally had to carry him over my shoulder to the train. It was, like, crazy. Jeez. Yeah. Wow, that's a tough story. <laughs> I mean, he's all right. He just had a bruise on his leg for, like, a day. No, it was crazy because we got up early. We we got up so early. We got up at like three o'clock in the morning, went there, got on the train, went to the parade, came back home. Then the kid, what was it like? Four o'clock in the afternoon, the kids fell asleep and they didn't wake up the next day until like 11 o'clock in the morning. Oh, they was tired. Okay. <laughs> right. Big time. Mind you, my wife was pregnant with my daughter and it was freezing cold. It was like the coldest day of the year. Like it was, it was a lot going on. Wow. I'm yeah, just was, glad my was, son got to experience it, though. Yeah, that, that is good. Because I remember I regretted it because I, I, I didn't go to the Phillies parade because, like, I think I was, like, so tired or something. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll go to the, I'm, I'm not going to this one. And I was like, I don't care what happens. Next time my team win a championship, anybody, I'm going to that parade. I don't care if I got to call out of work. I don't care if I got to miss the birth of my, my kid. I don't, I don't <laughs> care. I'm, I'm not missing the parade next time. Like, so I, I promise myself I'm going to this parade, especially the Eagles. Like, because, like, for me, it, it goes like Eagles, Sixers, like Phillies, Flyers. But Eagles is like number one. Like, then the Sixers is next. But everything else is that everybody is after the Eagles. Though. Every team is is behind that green. So. <laughs> you a fan, fan? Yeah, I, I'm a fan. Yeah, I, man, my my dad even like used to joke with me like, man, I created a monster because I used to watch with him when like we were kids and stuff. But then I just like started watching myself and. I just started watching all the time. And then he would just see me watching sports all the time. Like, just always watching sports. And he'd be like, oh, my God. Like, like, I really created a monster with this guy. And now I'm just now I'm just in it now. So it's just, now I'm a fan. That's what I'm talking about, man. The love of the game. Sure is. All right, bro. With, um, I'll let you go. Um, hey. I'll listen to your episode tomorrow. I greatly appreciate you having me on. Yeah, yeah, no problem, man. You guys um want to listen to him? Go to Dirty Mouth Podcast, also on Facebook, Dirty Mouth Podcast, and he'll be a little more explicit on his one. So don't <laughs> don't, don't be alarmed. <laughs> so did I, did I do good? I didn't I didn't say any bad words, right? We're good. Yeah, you did good. I can I can sell the CD at Walmart. So like you good. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. It was fun. I can't wait to do this again, man. I need you to return the favor again and hop on mine. We're going to talk about some NBA finals next time, though. Yeah, no problem. You got it, man. Yeah, all right, man. All right, bro. See you. Take it easy, man. You too. All right, bro.